0: And roll you ready Whew, hallelujah we're gonna start a series today entitled if if I don't remember many things growing up in school I'm just going to be honest I'm thankful for teachers but man now some of the things our kids are studying today I mean I just don't know how you parents do it shout out parents you guys are awesome shout out teachers I don't think a lot of that stuff was even written when I was in school you know um, but but I'll never forget one of the things I do remember is I had a I had a football coach that was my biology teacher. I know that's weird and sounds odd today because, uh, you know, but, but but Coach Ard was amazing. And and, uh, and I remember he, he, him constantly saying this. He said, healthy things grow. Healthy things grow. That makes sense. We all can understand that, right? I mean, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. And, 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 and healthy things are a plant or whatever, if it's healthy and if it's getting the the, the nutrients and Everything that it needs, it's going to grow. Many of us have been working in the yard the last several days, right, and trying to get it ready, and, you know, we need some 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 rain and, and some sun, and keep mowing. Rain, sun, mow. Rain, sun, and mow. And, man, those things, what's dead going to come back to life, right? It's going to get the new. Healthy things will grow. I want you to know that God's plan is for your life to grow as well, right? He wants you to be healthy, and in that, his, his plan is to grow You. Sad thing is, there are a lot of people in our culture today, and there are a lot of people filling houses of worship today, and and they're not growing. Uh, Some things happen. Listen, God's plan for the church is that it be healthy and that it grow, right? But the reality is, so many times we don't see health within the body of Christ, and so we 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 want to change that. We we want to encourage you with some things over the next few weeks that we believe will will set you on a, on a trajectory for you to get healthy. The, 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 these are some things that we're not just making them up and thinking, hey, what do they need? You know, another bang energy drink or something. But, but no, no, we, we, we wanna share with you some things that Jesus said that, well, it'd probably be good for your life. Good for you to apply these things. Uh, because salvation's great, and we had some people last week turn on a light bulb on a found sign out there from darkness to light, right? And we praise God for that. Salvation is great, but that's just the beginning of this abundant life that Jesus has for every one of us. There's more to this life than you just saying yes to Jesus, right? Saul to Paul, Paul knew that he'd go to go stand at house by the name of man, uh, man by the name of Ananias, and he's going to grow and learn and get prepared, and then God's going to launch him out. Listen, you need to grow in the Lord. Have you grown since you said yes to Jesus? Listen, healthy things grow. That's why we take a, it's, it's a big deal to us here at 1910, not just for people to say yes to Jesus and follow through with scriptural baptism, but but we wanna see you grow. That's why we work hard. Pastor Jen Long with, with our groups ministry. Pastor Angie Brown with our Radiant Women's ministry. And myself with our Man U ministry, our, our Hill guys. I mean, growth is important. We wanna get you in groups. We wanna place you in environments where you can take some steps in your pursuit of Jesus Christ. You probably have seen out in the atrium a, a little, I don't know if you can see this. Can you zoom in right there? let's do this because I don't want you to see this right now Um, I'm working on that healthy things grow amen I'm healthy (laughs) hallelujah but you've seen this out there's our discipleship pathway about encountering establishing equipping and empowering this is kind of a journey we call this our discipleship pathway because we want to see become a full full-fledged follower of Jesus Christ We know that on this journey, we're all over the map. Some of you said yes to Jesus last week, and some of you have been walking with him for years, and so we know people are at different spots, but the bottom line is we as a church want to see you become all you can be as a follower of Jesus. Salvation is great, but we're called to make disciples, people that will look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, respond to situations like Jesus would, amen? Now this thing called discipleship, becoming like Jesus, is not necessarily one of the most popular things in churches today, you know why? Because it's a process, it's a journey. And we live in a culture where we want things and we want it now, right? We want fast food right now. I man, how's Chick-fil-A doing for you these days? Man, I can't, oh, I, I love it, but man, open up a dining room for me, you know? Because that line that backs up all the way to Seguin, from the rim. It's just, it's off, It's killing me, right? We want to see you grow, but we want, we're in a culture that we want quick fixes. We're a microwave mentality, right? In two minutes and 30 seconds, you have a bag full of popped popcorn. I mean, that's just who we are. And so when we talk about discipleship, when we talk about becoming who, who Jesus wants us to be, listen, it's a journey. It's a process. It doesn't happen overnight, And the reality is, until you breathe your last breath, God's going to be working and growing something within you. That same Paul would say, not that I have already obtained all of this, but I, I press on. I don't push the brakes and the stop button. No, no, I continue to press on to attain everything that Christ has for me. You know, when Jesus was ministering here on earth, a lot of his disciples and people that he had touched and ministered to or heard him speak would would would, would run to their towns or their neighbors or villages and, and they would say, Hey, you have to come and see. This man, you've got to come in John chapter four, Jesus and the Samaritan woman, you know, she runs back and she brings her entire village out. You need to come and see, come and see, come and see. Jesus was all about people coming to see and hearing a radical message, a different message. He was a different type of rabbi, right? And there's nothing wrong with having a crowd, but even Jesus understood there's more to it than just having a large crowd of people. And what we find in Jesus's life and in his ministry, that as he progressed towards his time coming to an end here on earth, that message of come and see became one of, well, that's not so popular these days. Come and die. You see, to follow Jesus, there's, it costs something. It's not just, uh, you know, holy golly and just life is filled. No, there's some sacrifices made. There's some changes that take place in a person's life. And and this idea of just gathering with people and having a good time and and singing, I thank God. Listen, when it comes to following Jesus, there are some hard things that it's going to call us to do, isn't it? And we're going to have to die to some things. We're going to have to, 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 to lose some old ways, but you need not be afraid or scared of that. He came to give you life. Amen? And I just can't help but believe, and I think there's someone else listening in the house and in their living room today that really believes that following Jesus is worth it. It's worth it. And Jesus began to use what I call some if statements in the Bible. That if we want to truly be a follower of his, if we really want to be who he's called us to be, if, well, Jesus begins to lay some things out today, and I want to unpack one of those for you here today. But this thing called discipleship, you need to know it's not a quick fix, it's a process. And I want to encourage you here today not to be content and satisfied with where you're at currently with Jesus, but to be willing to go a little bit deeper. Are you with me? It's time to move out of the shallows. In the shower. It's time to move out of that, out of the kiddie pool, and jump into the deep. I just took some of you to a place you shouldn't have gone, right? <laughs> but it's time to go deeper. Amen. It's time to go deeper. Um, Eugene Peterson wrote a book called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction, is how he equates this thing called discipleship. And I want to encourage you to pick it up if you can. It's basically Psalms, songs of the ascent uh, that they would sing. But, but I love what, what Eugene Peterson says, quote, in this book. He says, discipleship is a decision to live by what I know about God. Come on, do you know some stuff about God right now? Let's just be honest. We know a, lo- a lot. We know enough probably that we could be on this journey to becoming like Jesus just with what we already know, right? You don't need anything new. He says, discipleship is a decision to live by what I know about God, not what I feel about him. We're in this culture of all feelings, right? Or not what I feel about my neighbors or myself, right? But it's what do I know about God and what is he calling me to do? And I'm just going to be honest with you. Sometimes God might call you in your pursuit of becoming like him to do some things that you just don't feel like doing, Come on, let's be honest. Somebody didn't feel like getting up and getting out of bed and getting to church today because you worked in the yard yesterday or you ate too many hot tamales last night and you just don't feel good, right? And you (laughs) want to stay home and you can just watch it on TV, right? I get that. But sometimes the things that God calls us to are not based on feelings, but I want you to know, man, God's got the best in mind for you. You are my disciple if, I want to take you back to where we were last week in the upper room and Jesus's final night here on earth, that final meal that he gathered his disciples together. And, and it shares that it says that they shared a meal together and, 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 and they, uh, Jesus instituted communion or the Lord's supper, the Holy Eucharist. Remember that? And we know that in that moment, Jesus also took time to wash the disciples feet. In John chapter 13, verse 34, it gives us the reason, I believe, why Jesus did that. Jesus says this in John chapter 13, beginning in verse 34. He says this, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. And then here it is. Are you sitting down? By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if... You love one another this was not necessarily something new for those 12 in the room that night they understood this idea of love they they grew up studying the Torah and they understood Deuteronomy chapter 6 the greatest commandment you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength they knew that they remembered The teaching of Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, that says, do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. They understood this idea of loving God and they understood this idea of loving one another. But in this moment in the upper room, that really takes on new meaning. As Jesus begins to lay it out for them in a way that maybe they had not connected those dots before. Love one another. You know, I believe that love is a distinguishing mark of a disciple of Jesus Christ. In fact, we all know the scriptures that says there are things like faith and hope, but the greatest is love. We know all those things, right? And even when you take just a cursory look at the life of Jesus, you're gonna find Jesus time and time again demonstrating love. That's what I love about Jesus. Even in this night in the upper room, Jesus wasn't just giving them a great speech or a little sermonette, but Jesus actually does something to show them what he was talking about. And listen, wasn't Jesus' love really radical? It was a radical type of love. He freaked them out that night by washing their feet. But then they probably began to recall what they had seen for the previous three years in his life. Jesus touching lepers who were were not to be associated with in that culture. Jesus, you know, sparing a a prostitute's life and and not condemning her, but forgiving her. They they, they remember Jesus inviting a wee little man by the name of Zacchaeus. Hey, out of all these people here today, i want to go to your house today. Jesus just loved people. In fact, he loved people so radically that he was known as hanging out with notorious sinners. Come on, somebody. Aren't you thankful that Jesus didn't just talk about loving people? And and, and his disciples in this moment, I believe, are remembering all of these stories. And now they see their rabbi, their savior, humbling himself and doing one of the lowliest acts of that time. Probably still a pretty low act in our culture today. When's the last time you washed somebody's feet? I got staff members said, oh, please, dear pastor, do not make us wash feet at Maundy Thursday service. It's just gross, right? (laughs) It is. But even in this moment, Jesus is teaching them. You see, Jesus knows that his time here on earth is coming to an end. He's taking that final moment to say, guys, listen, there are some expectations that I have for you. And it wasn't just about washing feet, but it goes back to the bigger picture of loving people. Jesus modeled it for them. He modeled what true love is, washing feet. He would just a few hours later go to a cross and die there. And even in that dying on the cross, still loving criminals, still looking down and saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know. That is true love. You know the problem is with us today is we say we love people. We throw it out so flippantly in our culture today, do we not? But I don't think we really mean it. I, I don't, listen, our mouth doesn't match our heart. And we talk a big game. we chirp a lot, but when it actually comes to putting love in action, That's when a lot of us back off the accelerator. You see, to truly love people as Jesus would love, that means you're gonna help people when it's not convenient. That that, that means that you may have to give something that really hurts you and causes some pain and discomfort. That, 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 That means that you're gonna live others focused. Is that not who Jesus was? Come on, somebody. I'm not just pulling stuff out of the air. That's what he modeled for them. Our mouths don't match our hearts because we say we love people, but I don't know if we truly love like Jesus loves. Jesus says, you're my disciple if you love one another. And, And let's just be honest. It's hard to love some people, isn't it? Come on. Count of three, just call out a name right now. No, just don't do that. Is it not hard for you sometimes to love people? They've hurt us. They've wronged us. They they blew up social media and said something ugly about us, right? Oh, man It's been hard for me They've wronged us Why would I want to love that person? Well Jesus knew that Judas was gonna bolt after he washed his feet that night He knew that Peter in fact, in the very next verse, Jesus begins to talk to Peter and say, Peter, I'm going to let you know something, bro. I love your machismo. Your, I love that you're confident. But bro, I'm just going to tell you before that rooster, uh, 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 three times, you're going to not have anything to do with me. But yet Jesus still washed those feet that night too, did he not? But our mouths sometimes don't match our hearts. And I love how Jesus wraps up this little teaching with those disciples that night. He says, listen, not not that I'm just setting an example for you to follow, and and, and I know it's hard, but but, but listen, the world will know you belong to me if you love other people. And so knowing that our hearts don't oftentimes match our mouths, here's here's what we really need to happen today. And this is what I've been praying for you is somehow we, we got to have the Holy Spirit produce this kind of love in our lives, because I'm just telling you, as a human being operating out of the flesh, we will not love like Jesus. Well, Peter, Peter was the dude. I mean, he was the leader. But even he missed it, and so we need the work of the Holy Spirit to do a work in our lives and in our hearts. Because those people that are hard to love, if you just like that gummy, okay, the pastor said I need you. I'm going. You won't. You you won't. But here's what I do believe: that if you let the Holy Spirit get a hold of you, man, and that transformation and the power and that whatever that He brings. Through him at work in you I believe it's possible for us to love like Jesus I'm gonna be honest with you these last 12 months have been extremely ugly on so many different levels but I've never seen the divisiveness And a lack of love demonstrated in the church as I've seen the last 12 months I'm not getting on to you. Please hear my heart, but I love you, but let's just be honest The enemy has been churning it up in the body of Christ for 12 months In this house, we've got people that that have parted ways Because they voted differently they don't talk to one. They, they, they can't even study the Word of God together. We've got people that, that, that are, are mad because I can't believe you're having in-person gatherings when we should be sheltering in, in place. And that's been divisive. And I'm not trying to make light of that. The, the, the new one is, hey, what do you mean you're taking the vaccine? We've got people on both sides of that fence. The enemy is just stirring it up. Hey, here's the reality of it. I root for Notre Dame and you don't like them, but that doesn't mean that I can't still love you and us still work together to advance the kingdom of God. And whether you take a shot or don't take a shot, can I just tell you what this pastor's gonna do? I'm gonna show up next Sunday and I'm gonna preach my guts out to you so that you can become more like Jesus. We've got to stop this bickering, and this petty stuff. It's ridiculous. And I, I kind of agree with Jesus. It's always good to agree with Jesus, but I really kind of agree with him right now. He says, there are people outside that are watching and they're going to know that you belong to me by the way you love one another. If we would love like Jesus calls us to love, I'm telling you people be clamoring to get into part of this club and this group. They want to be a part of a place like that. People want to be loved. They want to be accepted. They want they want to be cared for, known. And I'm just telling you in John chapter 13, Jesus says, "When you love like what I've just shown and modeled for you, that's when people will know that you belong to me yes. so can I ask you a question today don't don't you lie because you're in church <laughs> but do people know you follow Jesus by the way you love others that hurt anybody this morning let me see your hands come on rest of your line That hurts do people know you belong to Jesus? I'm not talking about because you got an NTC sticker on your car or a fish or whatever. Uh. Uh-uh. Do they know that you belong to Jesus by the way you love other people? It's hard. It's not easy. Jesus knew that. But that's why I said, hey, I'm going to leave someone with you that through his power at work in your life, Greater things you will do. So I'm just wondering if there's anybody in this house today who say, hey, Holy Spirit, I need you to work on my heart. I need you to change my heart. Because my heart and my mouth, although there's 12 inches apart or whatever, it they don't match. But Jesus, I want to be like you. Jesus says, you're my disciples if you love one another. Can we be grace givers? Can we be long suffering and patient with one another? Can you give the pastor and the staff some slack when we're trying to make decisions that we think are are the best? Come on. Let's love as Jesus loved. Would you stand with me today? Ministry team, come join me down front because I believe there's some folks today that need some some prayer encouragement today. And that's what this team stands down front for. Maybe there's someone here today and you need to say, hey, I need the love of Jesus. I love what Lindsay said. Lindsay was preaching. Lindsay was speaking to somebody today that you just feel like you're not lovable. I'm telling you, that's not my Jesus. He loves the world. For God so loved the world. That's you. For all have sinned. We all fall short. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus the Son. Come on, you're not too far gone. Jesus loves you and wants to transform your heart. Or maybe you're here today and you say, you know what man, there's somebody that I know right now who I've not loved and man, I need a work of the Spirit in my heart right now to help me be Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you're facing something to you that seems insurmountable. I'm telling you, God sees it as an opportunity. What you see as a setback, He sees as a set up for Him to step into your life and do something powerful. My team's gonna stand down front today and we're gonna pray. We're gonna be available. As people are leaving, you come this way if you want a prayer and encouragement. Let the Holy Spirit move. So, Jesus, as we leave this place today, I pray that what we would be known for is that we would love people as you have loved us. You look past sin, you look past discrepancies, you look past faults and flaws, you look past skin color, you look past where they live, you look past so much, and you saw people, and they were objects of your great love. Jesus, would you help us love as you've loved us? And we will give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In your holy name, we pray. All God's people said, you're dismissed.